Hello, you're listening to Wolves Radio. I'm Gemma Frith, and this week I'm joined once again by Mikey Burrows for another episode of Wolves Weekly. Mikey, good morning. How are you? <laughs> uh, yes, good morning, we should say. Because it might not be morning where people are listening to us, but it is very early in the morning where we are <laughs> recording. Because, And uh, I've got a bit of a gripe again on this, and I'm, I apologise to people for bringing it up once more, but, you know, you got a glamorous trip on a on a super yacht <laughs> on a whatever it was cruise liner yeah, going cruise around ship. partying yourself away with Steve Ball <laughs> Dan McNamara the Wolves women head coach and Andy Thompson aka Tomo and I'm basically this time we're up early because I'm going to Swansea how is this fair yeah, but you're going to be treated to another under-23s match, Mikey, which I don't get to come to um, as much as you do. So. You're welcome to. You're welcome to. There's room in the car. I think I'll stick to the cruise ships. Oh. <laughs> just, yeah. just kidding. But, um, but yeah, what can we what can we expect today for the under-23s at Swansea? How have they been getting on? Yeah, uh, so th- this is a Premier League Cup game that I'm on the way to. Um, we're conscious that people might be listening to this after it's happened. So if it has, check yeah. out Wolves Academy for all the details across yes. social media. Um, but yeah, they're taking on Swansea in the Premier League Cup. They've gone pretty well in the competition so far. They beat West Ham and Exeter earlier on nice. in it. So they're, they're pretty much set up to progress to the next stage. Fingers crossed they actually have done by the time you listen to this. Um, they're off the back of a, a a battling, maybe not as impressive as they would have liked it to have been, Derby win over Birmingham last time out, where Birmingham went down to 10 men after 10 minutes, but then got a penalty and went in front, and Wolves had to battle for it. Eventually got themselves a penalty in the second half. Ollie Tipton, who, by the way, Jem, uh, and this is one of those random stats that I absolutely <laughs> love, and this is one that people will kind of keep an eye on in the future, because he's a local okay. boy, Ollie Tipton, right? Mm-hmm. He plays in defence, but he is a penalty king. And okay. we were working it out, and he thinks he scored about 15 penalties now. Oh, my goodness. From the under-18s and now the under-23s. That's a lot of penalties pen- to take yeah. as well. Yeah, that's, that's, that's huge. He might be the best penalty taker at the club. And he scored again. Luke Cundall then scored a beauty. Whoa. They won the game. They got the bragging rights. Job done. That's fantastic. Hopefully you'll get some, um, maybe, well, hopefully not penalties, actually. I was going to say, hopefully he doesn't go to penalties tonight, but you never know. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed for a positive result this afternoon at, at Swansea. Although, yeah, it'll probably all be over by the time people listen to this anyway. So. Um, but if we cast our minds back to Saturday now with the first team, what a great afternoon we had taking all three points against West Ham to secure our third consecutive home win thanks to Raul Jimenez's third goal of the season. What did you make of the game, Mikey? Uh, I thought it was really good. It was just a really enjoyable game. They, It, it started off kind of end-to-end. Both teams had short spells. It became really open. And then for about 10, 15 minutes, West Ham were very much on top. And you were thinking, you know, one of my mates messaged me going, it's going to be a long old afternoon. Mm. Uh, and it was, it was difficult. And they had, uh, I think, Jared Bowen headed one just wide. And you kind of thought, you know, this is why West Ham are such a good team. Mm. And then it's like Wolves went through it up a gear and they went to a level that we probably haven't seen since the first couple of matches of the season. And they just sustained it, Jem. And it, it just amazing. kept going and going. And Dave Edwards on our co- on a Match Day Live extra coverage waxed lyrical afterwards about Ruben Neves. 
and just how good he was. And I'm really interested in your views on this because I know it's been going around social media in the last couple of days. Was it a pass or not? When he, he hits it with the out, I thought it was a pass. In commentary, you've heard it. I said straight away I thought it was pass. Outside of the boot, from just outside the penalty area, back out to Jean Martinio. But, I mean, I might be overly biased. So I don't know what you thought. Uh, I have to say, I'm, I'm in the... I'm in the past camp as well yes um but but i have had i've heard good arguments for for both so it's 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 a difficult one. but he was just he was just absolutely fantastic on saturday i think so many in the team were fantastic on saturday as well we, we saw some really brilliant performances um and it, it was just it was just a pleasure to watch like you said it was just it was just fantastic i think particularly those those first 30 minutes there was a lot of west ham possession and it was yeah, it did feel like it was going to be a long afternoon, as your as your friend said. But then I think that it, towards the end of that first half, West Ham didn't get a look in. And then you go into half time and you're thinking, okay, I hope they can maintain that momentum in the second half and they come back out again. You know, West Ham are obviously going to come back as well. But but we did, and it was just yeah, it was just a really really fantastic afternoon. That goal was was it was inevitable, and it was brilliant that it came from Raúl Jiménez as well, which we'll talk about in a second. But that win take us taking us up to sixth in the table now. Our Best ever start to a Premier League season. 19 points from 12 games. Bruno Large has got off to a fantastic start, hasn't he, Mikey? Yeah, it's a funny stat, that, because uh, I have a chart, Jen, that I look at most weeks, which kind of matches us to the previous seasons. Okay. Uh, and, as you, and as you kind of go through it, it, it's one of those strange ones where when you look at it, we are, yes, in the best start to a Premier League season. But it's also because we've lost more games that, than we have <laughs> in other years because we we simply don't seem to draw. We've only had the one draw this season, whereas the same stage last season, it was 5-2-5 instead of 6-1-5. The year before, when we finished seventh, it was 3-7-2. We'd had seven oh, draws God. at this stage. Even <laughs> in the first year in the Premier League, it was four wins, four draws and four defeats. So statistically, yes, it is the best points margin, it is slightly less goals than two years ago. Mm. It's the same as three years ago. So it's one of those funny stats, that one. But <laughs> we shouldn't take away from the fact, you're dead right, that Bruno's made a really good start, especially, and I said this in the coverage on Saturday, Gem, and it's mm. one of those funny things in football whereby if you'd have said after the first three games without a single point and without scoring a mm. single goal against three very good fancy teams, by yeah. the way, that nine games later we would be above all three of them, Yes, of course. I hadn't even I haven't even clocked that that we're above the yeah. three that that beat us so early in the season. And that and that's the run that we've been on. Yeah. And you, in the last seven games, we've won five, drawn one, lost one. And the key part for it for me in that seven game spell, Raúl Jiménez has scored three, and he's assisted three. That's the kind of effect that he has on the team. And we've got to remember that in one of those games, he only came on for technically one minute at Aston Villa. But in the other, so you, you can almost discount that and say it's six goal contributions in six games and we won five of them. Yeah, sort of being involved in six of our goals. We've, we've scored 12 this season, so 50% of them he's been, he's been involved with, which just shows how important he is to the team and how, you know, particularly now, as we're going to talk very shortly about the Raul Himmler's documentary, but I mean, you hear in that about how important he was to the team and how, you know, Connor Cody said that you, you, you don't, you don't ever want to say that you really need a, a member of the team and rely on them a lot, and, and they were reluctant to say that. But now that they've got him back, you, 
you can see just how much he is important to the squad and just how much they did miss him last year. And it is just absolutely fantastic to have him back. But yeah, I mean, f- from your perspective, just how important do you think he is now now that he's back? Has his impact on the team changed? Are we very reliant on Ralph still or what, what do you yes, think? Yes, but I, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because, you know, you look at uh, many other teams in the Premier League and certainly some of the top teams, they are reliant on their forward players yeah. scoring. Now, the very top teams, you know, you look at Liverpool and they have interchangeable like four forwards and they don't necessarily play with an out-and-out number nine. But from a Wolves point of view, the team has always been set up to play around Raul. That's just that's just how it's always been. And because he is so, you know, such a, a beast in some ways, physically and athletically, that he gets himself through games Mm-hmm. And he produces performance after performance. Uh, and it's not knocking Fabio Silva for last season to say that he is young and he is learning mm. the craft. And it's noticeable how much bigger and bulkier he is this season compared to when he first arrived last year. But, it, of course, he's not going to have the same presence on the pitch. And we tried it with William Jose. And William Jose offered a little bit more physicality that you get from Raul. But he didn't quite have the same movement. And that's because Raul is not one player, is he, Jem? He's probably two or three players wrapped into <laughs> one. And that's the unique characteristics that mm. means that he is so popular amongst such a large part of the fan base. Yes, and we definitely saw that popularity um, in the Raul Jimenez documentary, which leads me on perfectly to that. It is finally out. Raul Jimenez, Code Red, the story of Raul's recovery from his life-threatening injury last year, is now available on BBC iPlayer in the UK. And if you're not in the UK, an exclusive extended cut will be available worldwide on Wolves TV and YouTube from December the 8th. So that's definitely one to look out for. Um this documentary has been a long time coming, Mikey. It's been a secret that everybody at the club has had to keep for, for quite a while, um, as, as you know, with the number of interviews that you did as well. Um, but to produce a documentary like this in-house at the club that a major broadcaster has then picked up, is, it's just a huge achievement and a testament to this in, incredible story that we've been able to tell here. A big team of talented people worked on this, but it was produced by our very own Yanni Macarunas, who worked... Um, phenomenal hours to bring this story to the world directly from the people closest to Raoul and um, it is just a brilliant watch I must have watched it like about 15 times now <laughs> like a lot of that was before it was released lots of different draft edits but I've watched it at least about five times since uh, since it was released on the BBC with different members of my family sitting them down and forcing them to watch it and they've all loved it but um, without any spoilers Marky for those who haven't seen it yet how was it watching it after its release it, it was. It, it, it's a very emotional watch, isn't it? Yeah, Let's definitely. be honest. It is very emotional, and that's been the thing that I think a lot of people have said, and a lot of people message me. And and uh, I sat down after the game on Saturday when I got back from West Ham with the missus and her son, and and kind of made them watch it. And I mean, he's not a, a Wolves fan. I should probably shouldn't say that on the video, but <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't there early enough in his upbringing to control <laughs> who he supported. Jim. There's still time. Yeah, indeed. But but even he. He was absolutely glued to it and mm. it's um it, it's such a strange thing because you know you and i obviously conducted the interviews for it and people kind of probably won't realize that in order to get 30 seconds of that documentary we've spoken to that person for almost an hour yeah 
and try to and you go through the emotional journey when you're interviewing that person because you're trying to arc the questions in such a way to get the responses that you need mm. i remember doing the the interview with ollie leaper and um i'm not sure whether you were in the room at the time we were I, there. I wasn't no i wasn't there i know you popped one. in around the place we i'd spent 15 minutes building up building him up to this really emotional moment and then the doc matt perry opened the door and walked in and ah. completely killed it and we had to kind of go again and and try and build it again and <laughs> and those are those little things from yeah. from within it that as you you know you'll know because say you did you did some of the interviews as well that how tough it is mm. to get that stuff out and how emotional it is like i can't imagine what it was like for you sat across from daniella mm telling her part of that story yeah it was it was definitely it was tough um it obviously hugely emotional for her and she did really well to to compose herself and, and keep herself together you can definitely see her um, her acting background she managed to really keep herself composed um but it's just it's just really really hard to hear somebody that you know has gone through so much so much pain and so much worry um and trauma you know that's it's 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 awful to see as she says herself your partner you know in that situation and when he's so many miles away from you and there's nothing you can do to help like that must be so so difficult and hearing that from her firsthand is of course um hugely emotional i mean it was uh, absolute credit to their family they've been incredible allowing us so much access and speaking to us and and, and providing us with that real behind the scenes insight into into their life at, at such a such a personal time for them as well so um it they've they've been they've been brilliant and um yeah i mean the whole team can only thank them so much for how much they've sort of shared shared with the world um on this um but i actually found that the the hardest interview for me was Connor Cody and i think he didn't he didn't cry he didn't really get that emotional but i think because you're used to seeing connor as the the happy guy you know he's 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 always cheery always smiley i've never seen him i don't think well i've seen him after matches where he's disappointed and you know doesn't particularly want to talk to people but, but you know 9 times out of 10 he is the happiest guy in the room and um speaking to him about that and sort of seeing it on on his face like just just how sort of hard hitting that was was for him and, and you so you see it in the documentary when we watch back the footage um of, of him there on on the day you can really see mm. just just how much you know how much of an impact that's that's having and i think yeah even though he didn't cry i mean i think i was welling up in the interview just like hearing it from him and and watching the documentary back now i've cried every single time <laughs> but mostly at nuno's proto santo and we won't say any more than that because i want people to watch it themselves yeah, but um, I, the, the funny thing with the nuno one is that um you know obviously i've interviewed him an awful lot over the yeah, years and, you know definitely. i was there did his very first club interview when he very oh, first wow. arrived and looked around the training ground so uh we kind of have a, a strange bond i guess where um you know we did we did get on he didn't like talking to the media but we always had a good relationship but i never there was four of us in that room and none of us expected to come out what came out from it just like vehicles reversing outside yeah i was apartment. just about to say i was a building workers just started outside which is now <laughs> super noisy in here so um we will move very very quickly on to norwich this weekend mikey new manager in charge dean smith has made the journey over to to norwich and had his first win last time out against southampton what do you think the challenges are going to be for us on saturday 
Well, it's always going to be very difficult against a team who've got a new manager and you expect that new manager bounce. They saw it a little bit against Southampton. I'd like to think Wolves are a stronger opponent than Southampton, especially given, as we've already discussed, the form that we've been on. The the other issue, though, is that we've been a little bit Jekyll and Hyde in recent weeks. We've been really good one week and then been not so good the next. So I think we went from Leeds to Everton where we actually doubled the amount of passes we attempted in the game and then it halved again at Crystal Palace and then we have the dominant performance against West Ham so the question for many Wolves fans will be which Wolves is turning up is it the West Ham Everton type performance is it the Crystal Palace Leeds type performance that's the the key thing that Bruno will be working on to get that consistency built up so hopefully we're going to get into that period now the players are settled there's no more international breaks until the new year so we are in this period now where it's where we are all to go for what we want to achieve and there was a a really interesting video put out by uh some of the coaching staff people might have seen on social media kind of linking training footage to what they did in the game last week and clear that stuff they're working on is now paying off in matches so hopefully Fingers crossed, as we always say, Jem, they'll go out and get a good performance and a good result. Yes, fingers crossed. And, and, and it's interesting you say that, actually, because Bruno said that himself as well in his post-match interview. When I spoke to him um, after the West Ham game, he said that he'd been so pleased with them on, the, on training on the Thursday before the West Ham game. And he'd said to them, he went home happy that night. And he said, I want you to send the fans home happy as I am today on Saturday. And it, I think it, he, they all work so hard in training. And Bruno really does... Um, a, work them hard but also get so involved himself he's so vocal and it's nice that you can see that correlation between what they're working on in trailing and then how they're actually playing in the matches and they do tailor it to to every single opponent they come up at and they spend hours and hours looking at how they how they defend how they attack and how they can counter that so um yeah very interesting to see and um hopefully we will see that west ham and everton side like you said um on uh, saturday at norwich um are you gonna be there mikey I certainly will be there making that long trip. Um, And I'm tempted to do a a double game weekend. I presume you are because you love watching Wolves (laughs) women. Yes, exactly. Wolves women are at home on Sunday to Nottingham Forest in the second round of the FA Cup, which might sound slightly familiar because in April last year also in the second round of the FA Cup they also played Nottingham Forest which was a very memorable day for us we were there um, and they won on penalties in the end to see them through to the third round which was an absolutely fantastic beautiful sunny afternoon I remember it well um, and you know hopefully we can have a repeat of that this, this weekend uh, but hopefully not the penalties or the extra time because that was a very very nerve wracking period uh, but they have actually already faced Nottingham Forest early this season in the leagues they're now sitting in the same leagues them the same tier whereas last season they were the tier above um, which again is as they've proved many times this season testament to why they deserved this upward movement just so much um, and that was a win as well a 1-0 win at home so um, it's definitely going to be a challenge though this Sunday it's a strong side um, and Nottingham Forest are going to want to sort of um, set the record straight from the uh, game last year so um, it's going to be an interesting one but if last year's game does anything to go by then it should certainly be an entertaining one so if you haven't made your way down to Castlecroft yet to the CKW Stadium to watch Wolves in then make sure you join us there on Sunday to cheer them on in the second round of the FA Cup 
I think that is everything for this week. Um, if you'd like anything in particular answered, then feel free to tweet us at Jen Frith or at Mikey Burrows on Twitter. And we will see you very soon, or we'll hopefully see you at Norwich and at Wolves Women on Saturday and Sunday. Right, I'm after Swansea. You go and get those builders. <laughs> tell, yeah. like, they, they've stopped up. now. They've stopped now. Now that we're coming to an end, they've stopped. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye.